This is one of the foundational things that keeps people from flying with their life is they think they have to figure out where to fly before they fly. Hey, everybody, I'd like to welcome everybody back to Soul Inspired. Today, I'm excited to have Mark Delaney with me, and we're going to be talking all things purpose. So first of all, Mark, thanks for coming on and, and joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, same goes for me. As I was saying before we hit the record button here, I, I don't know much about you, but I do know that your, um, your mindset is around purpose, and I want to find out more about that. And I always start the, the uh, episodes with asking a simple question. And that is, if you think about the things that you're doing now in your life, right? The, 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 the path that you're on, I would say. Yeah. Was there a thing or event that happened in your life? Anything in particular that changed your direction onto the path you're on now? Yeah, I was, um, I was a school teacher for a long time. And I got to where I, I looked at my life and I'm like, I'm just descending. I felt myself living only for comfort and security and a little dose of reputation. I, although I didn't think much of myself as a person, if I could tell people, hey, I teach at this school, it was a good school. Maybe they would be impressed because nothing else about me was anything I was proud of. And so I saw myself holding on to this job like it was my my security blanket. And as a man, I just saw myself descending. And uh, I wrestled with who I was as a person. And I went to a, a, the zoo on a field trip one time and uh, during this season. And there was this enclosure that was about as big as a big living room. And it was a fenced-in, like, dome shape. And there was a tree that in the middle that spread out and filled most of the space. I looked and I didn't see anything. And I did what I hate to do at the zoo, which is read anything. I just want to see animals move and eat something and make noises. I look at the placard and it's some kind of eagle inside of this cage. And I was like, well, there's no room in here. And I look and, and sure enough on the branch, I see this eagle and I felt like I wrestled in a conversation with that eagle for about two years in my life was I thought about how that eagle was, was safe and secure. No one's allowed to come attack that eagle. They give that eagle its food. And every now and then someone stops and looks at the eagle and says, look, mom, it's an eagle. Isn't that cool? And the eagle gets that little stroke of ego. And I thought to myself, I am that eagle. And the thing that most in my mind I wrestled with was the thought of what is it to be that eagle inside of that small enclosure and to never be able to use those wings or never need to use those wings. And I was like, because that's me. I feel like there's something in me that's more, but I don't need, there's nothing in my life that calls it out. Because I've given myself this little safe, secure bubble. And so I was in that cage just wrestling for a couple of years. And the, what what brought me out of that cage was, I, you know, after two years of wrestling, I was on a treadmill at the gym and I was reading a book, which I don't do very often, to be honest with you. But 
The first line of the book said, stop living as if the goal of life is to arrive at death safely. Mm. I read that first line again, and my wife was next to me on a treadmill, and I handed her the book, and I said, read that first line. And she read it, I looked at her, and I said, I'm leaving the school. This is my last year. And the next day, I walked into the school, contacted the administrator, and I said, this is my last year. And that's how I left the cage. So that, that season right there and then leaving that cage was one of the one of the pivotal moments of uh, putting my life on this whole different course. Wow. So you, you had a safe and secure job. Yep. Teaching. Yep. Was there parts of teaching that you still enjoyed? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm still at the core. I'm, I'm still teaching. Right. The job wasn't bad. It's what I was doing with it. Right. It was my identity. Instead of me using my gift for the job, I was using the job for my identity. Wow. I could probably go back to that same job right now because I'm a different man. I see it differently. Um, but at the core, I yeah, I love to teach. Uh, and that's basically what I still do today, but it's in a very different form. Right. Okay. So you, so you had gotten into a job again, you mentioned it was really to know that you had the security that you worked in a good job, mm -hmm. but it, so it was more, Hmm. Did it feel more um, like you weren't living your life in a sense? Yeah. You know, it, 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 it was my security blanket. So it was, um, you know, and you have that security blanket and the good news is you got your blanket. The bad news is like, you can't, you can't have a sword in your hand when you have a security blanket in your hand. Right. And there was, there was just more in me. It wasn't a bad job. I didn't hate it the whole time. I was there 14 years. I never hated it. Mm -hmm. I just, it got to where over the course of time, I just saw myself, I was drifting to nowhere. I was just living, I was descending as a man. Now I'm like, I don't think, I don't think it's going to end in a good place to live the way I'm living. I, I think if a man, I think, I think especially, I'll just speak for myself, but I, I, I've noticed this about a lot of men. I think when a man wants to live a bold life, it's dangerous if he's not. And I had removed the need for boldness from my life. I had no need for courage. I was the eagle in the cage. And although that seems comforting, it's dangerous. Because if, if, if I think the bigger a person's heart is to live with purpose, to live with mission, to make a difference, if you don't, if you don't unlock that heart, if you don't feel like you're, you're living outside of the cage and you're giving your best at making a difference, I feel like it's very, very dangerous to not do that. So what do you think? And I love that, by the way. I'm sure you're speaking to me. <laughs> it's going through what I'm, what I'm feeling at times too. And I'm sure a lot of people listening how does one break the fear? Because I think fear is what comes in when you have that security or you have that thing that you found that 
you're doing, it's putting food on the table, but you deep, you know, deep down, you know, there's something bigger waiting for you. Yeah. But there's some kind of fear that grabs a hold of us. Is that scarcity? Is it the idea yeah. of feeling? Like what, what do you believe the fear is? I listen, I think that fear is a friend. Uh, it's an awkward friend. Fear is never behind us. It's always in front of us. And it's pointing us the way. I think the things that we're afraid of are the things we need to step through. I, I feel like fear is a, a trail of breadcrumbs to the life we're made for. Fear, listen, when I, I'm, I'm writing a next book this year, and I was telling some men today at breakfast, I said, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid to start this next book because every time I go to write the book, right there at the computer screen are going to be all these doubts and insecurities flooding my mind. Mm -hmm. No one's going to read it. It's not going to help anybody. No one needs this. But you know what never has fear? The kitchen cabinets. When I reach for crackers <laughs> or something to eat, there's never any fear involved. There's never a, are you sure you should be doing this? <laughs> it's always a big, bold yes. Right. And so to me, whenever, I think that life must be worthwhile and life must be purposeful. But I feel like in a purposeful life, fear is always part of the equation. And for me, I just recognize that wherever fear is, it's showing me the way. Because fear is never between me and the kitchen cabinet. Fear is always between me and my purpose. So fear, so basically, instead of denying fear, use fear as a tool. Yeah. Use fear as a method of, you know, what is, what is the fear trying to tell me? Yeah. What's it keeping me back from? Right. Yeah. Fear is so, fear is so normal. Do you believe that kept you in, 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 so when you were in this cage, when you were yeah. doing the job, which again, you enjoyed a lot of it, but you knew that there was something more, was it fear that was holding you back? Was that the biggest piece of, yeah, I, I think what, I think that human instinct is we want to build a life where there is no fear. So we, we, we like actively pursue surrounding our life with comfort mm -hmm. and the absence of fear but it doesn't give us the life we really want right? to wake up and be like, oh, there's nothing to fear today. I have 100% security. I have 100% comfort. That seems like that's the pathway to a great life, but it's really not. I, I think that certainly I had, I think in the cage I lived in, my only concerns was comfort, security, and reputation. What do people think of me? And as long as I have that job and I tell them, yeah, I teach at this school. It was a private, fairly prestigious school. And as long as I can say I'm teaching at that school, then they think something of me. And I can be the eagle on that branch being like, see, there's something about me that's worthwhile. But I tell you, the only thing that, honestly, the only thing that took me out of the cage 
was it's like not to use another metaphor, but I felt like there was a one inch tall lion inside of my heart that kept waiting for me to have something worth pursuing that I had to really give myself to. And I only went out of the cage because I felt like there had to be more. And then when I left the cage, fear was everywhere because no one's feeding me. <laughs> no one's protecting me. Right. My security blanket's gone. It's just me in the wild. And uh, so fear, fear was everywhere once I left the cage. And so that's after a couple of years, I, I had to learn what to do with fear. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is it's always in front of me. It's always showing me my next step. Yeah. So it's my awkward friend. One of the things, one of the ways I can relate to this uh, is being a musician and getting on stage. Mm. When I remember when I first decided, no, I'm doing this. I'm going to start playing places and doing things. It didn't matter how large, whether it was, you know, 50 people or 5,000 people or whatever. I always would feel I guess I would use the word fear before, before getting out there, and, you know, and people always say, I don't know how you do what you do, but that little piece of fear is there. And I think, um, I think fear is important because it also tells you you're doing something that's worthwhile because if you're not, Beautiful. if you're not fearing it at all, then, then you, you gotta, you gotta question yourself if you're doing the right thing, if you're in the right, if you're in the right place. Yeah, uh, and I would always love afterwards after the show and getting feedback and on my way back from the from the show and thinking, you know, what was I what was I fearing? So it was a constant kind of it just always would do this. this yeah. thing. And, and the more and more shows I did, the less of that fear was there. But I, I remember, uh, you know, about four or five years into playing shows, I remember going to just a regular patio gig. And um, I remember feeling getting there and getting that little butterfly in my stomach type feeling and thinking, what am I doing? I've been doing this forever. And I thought, Oh wait, that's okay. Cause it means it's this is still, this is still meaningful. Oh, it's beautiful. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And it's a powerful, honestly, it's a powerful revelation. Yeah. And I, I think fear, hmm. fear oh. sends all these wrong messages to us. You shouldn't be doing this. I mean, think about that. I, I, I believe music is is amazing, I, and I think people who have a gift with music have a gift to reach people in a way that is so unique. I just can't imagine if I was one of those guys on the patio, and some human being that I don't know is going to come sing and play for me and these other people. I just can't imagine, you know, on my end of that, I'm like. This is such a gift to me. I don't know who this person is, but it's such a gift. But it's amazing. Fear tells you, as the person performing, giving the gift, fear tells you nobody needs to hear you. No one wants to hear you. You can't. And I'm sitting there being like, oh, there's a singer coming? Where's the singer? Right. Sing. Yeah. Fear lies to us for sure. Yeah. And so, so here's a question for you. What do you do looking at what you do, which is great. I mean, being able to break through that, but there's probably so many people out there that it may not even be fear that's stopping them, but they're unclear of what they actually want. 
So they have this desire of something bigger or better than they're doing. Yeah. They're in that space. They know they're not, they don't feel right in their current, you know, uh, situation environment. And they know there's something else waiting for them. Yeah. They're unclear. Mm. How does someone become more clear? Oh my goodness. I wish we had a campfire in two hours and some sweet tea. (laughs) Because what you describe there is someone who's trapped in that cage and you're like, there's something else. But then the paralysis of analysis of like, but where do I go outside of this cage? What do I do outside of this cage? That's a journey that we take people on in, in our program. We, we built a, a, a experience called the purpose mastermind where we take people through eight conversations and the goal is to provide simple, powerful clarity to what your purpose is. The goal is that on, on week number eight, a person says their purpose in one sentence and, and throughout the process, learn these mindsets that enable a person to just fly because many people the cage is only there because of how we think about our life. We're on a branch and the branch isn't really even a bad thing, but it's the, how we think about our life is we've, we're, we, and we've glued ourselves to that tree and that branch by our thinking. That cage really isn't there. It's like invisible. We've put that there by how we think about how we're doing life. And with different thinking, we can look at our life and be like, wow, look at these wings. Like, what's possible? And we can venture with a spirit of adventure into all sorts of things in life. But many people never get off that branch, never leave that cage, because they think this is one of the main things we talk about. People tend to think there's one specific thing they have to figure out that they're supposed to do before they leave that cage. Well, you'll never know the specific thing. You'll never know it. The person who lives in that cage and they think, well, as soon as I know what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to leave here and go do it. Well, quite frankly, you'll never leave the cage because you'll never know the one thing. And why is there no one no, no one thing to find? Because there is no one thing. Life never needs to be one thing. Right. The, the your, your music, uh, I'm thinking of a story. I was walking with a couple through the Purpose Mastermind, and one of our last meetings, she said, I was supposed to be a singer. She's 59 years old. She said, I was supposed to be a singer. I said, what do you mean? She said, when I was a teenager, I was really good. People kept telling me, oh, you're going to be a singer. And she explained that when she left high school, because of circumstances, she was unable to go to like a a school for the arts and music. She had never became a singer. And now she's 59 years old. And she's living with this heavy burden that she's missed it with her life. I looked at her and I said, do you ever sing? And her husband butted in. He doesn't talk very much. Mm. He butted right in and he said, she sings all the time. Mm. She sings to our 
kids and she sings to our grandkids and she always sings to me. She sings every day. Yet there she is, an eagle on a branch, living behind some leaves, not because of who she is, but she decided that being a singer means you need to be paid by people to be on a stage. Mm -hmm. And yet her whole life she's been singing. Yet she says she's not a singer. This is one of the foundational things that keeps people from flying with their life is they think they have to figure out where to fly before they fly. And there's, that's not how life works. I'm so convinced of that. That's not how life works. You fly first. Right. And when you, when you have a, a purpose, your purpose like guides you. It's a way of looking at life. And as you fly, you come across a way that you can use your gift in the world. And you know what? You do it. And then you keep flying and you find, hey, this I can do something over here. I My gifts and my time, resources, I can do something over here. And so you do it. And you keep flying and you find something over here. Like, hey, they want me over here. I can do that. So I just think, man, the world is so desperate for, for eagles to get out of the cages they live in. And sometimes it's just the mindset we have that I have to figure out the one specific thing. I think most people have hundreds of wonderful things they can do when they stop constipating their life by looking for the one specific thing. Oh, wow. I really like that. I like that. And I like the story. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you one other thing with that. That, that really spoke to me with the singing because I coach musicians and yeah. The youngest I teach is probably six or seven years old. And the oldest student I've had was in their late seventies. And it's because when people write to me and they say, you know, I'm in my mid sixties, I've always wanted to sing, but um, you know, I, I, it's probably too late for me. Right. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, you're reaching out to me. So, you know, deep down, this is what you want. And I have to get real with, you know, and I usually just say, come in, let's have a chat. And then, and I make people realize, you know, you're hung up on your age, you're hung up on the time, like just become who you are or who you already are. It's exactly what you just said. And in, in, I'll take that even further in the music world, um, especially with the, you know, the world of Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all these things is everyone's always looking at the numbers, achievements, mm. how many followers they have. When I started this podcast, uh, I had a good friend come over and I told him, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, I've always wanted to start a podcast and have deep conversations with people, but being a musician and releasing content and releasing songs, you're always looking, Oh, how many downloads have I had? How many, you know, what's going on is this getting picked up by a radio station. And you're always fixated on this. Yeah. He said, when I do this, I'm not going to be fixated on the numbers. I'm going to be fixated more on the conversations and the personal, you know, appeal that it gives to the population so people who can 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 this impact someone in a positive way um this is a you know a passion project and some people say well don't call it that because then it's not a real business and this type of thing but no but that's what it is to me this is my passion you know and i never you know and then and speaking on it i keep i i hate to keep relating it to myself but it really does speak to me when you say to step outside of the cage 
you know, I wasn't in the cage of saying, um, how do I do a podcast? I just, yeah. I just thought I'm just going to do it. I'm just, just going to start yeah, with cool. the first conversation, the first interview. And then, um, by the fifth or sixth one, I had a few people write to me and say, you know, wow, you you're really good at what you do. Like, I really enjoyed that. Or, and I think really like <laughs> I'm a musician. Yeah. Um, but again, you just said it. So many people have so many different things they can do, yep. but they're scared to take that first step. I think. And it is so silly. Honestly, it's the only word I can think of silly for us to think that the validity of my gift is measured by what happens with it economically. Like I don't have to, I don't have to prove my gift by what happens financially with it. My wife and I started this thing out of the dirt of our life. Like there was no great plan. It was just very organic what's happened in our life. I was being interviewed last week and a man asked me, he said, so are you both, are you getting paid full time doing this? And I, I didn't even like the question. Mm -hmm. I, I told him, I said, the answer doesn't matter. And, and, and I, I just, I had to soften the blow of what I wanted to say to him. Because what if someone has a job and they work at a nursing home and the way they work at the nursing home, they are uplifting the souls of people every day. Do we say, well, you're just working at a nursing home. If someone, uh, unpacks boxes at a shipping place at, from four to nine in the morning every day. And then they volunteer their time to do wonderful things with their life during the day. Would you say to that person, well, those wonderful things you're doing, are you getting paid? Nobody would say, well, what you do doesn't matter. You're not getting paid to do it. My wife and I do have a full-time income doing what we're doing, but that doesn't make the story better. If I told you that my wife helped at a cookie business and I help a, a, a man who has a tire business and in our spare time, we bring couples and families to our house and we do a purpose, purpose conversations with them. You wouldn't look at me and be like, well, that's kind of lame. Like you don't get paid to help people with purpose. Like I, I don't think I personally, I think how we make money does not matter. I think what matters is why we do what we do and who we are. I don't, I don't think you fire me up with a story about people that are like 60 and they're calling you. What they're really doing is calling themselves out. Mm -hmm. Am I still going to believe in who I am? I, I mean, I can't imagine being 60 years old and calling some dude and saying, can you teach me how to sing? Because what they're really doing is they are barreling through the door of fear. And that that is so inspiring to me. To me, that kind of story, those kind of steps are the exact kind of steps that most people need to take in their life. Most people don't need to go start a business or do something grand. Most people need to do something just like what you said. You're 60 years old. You always wanted to sing. And you call some dude that teaches you how to, can you help me? I think I'm too old, but I still want to sing. Teach me how to sing. 
That right there is the bullseye of the kind of action that most people need to take with their life. And the good news is we can all do that. We can all do that. Right. And then you take that step. And what happens? It leads to the next step. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? It leads to the next step. Right. The next thing you know, you're no longer in this cage. You're living out in the in the wonderful adventure called life. And stuff is happening in your life, not because you got smart, not because you're more talented. You just started taking steps and stuff started happening. Anyway, that fires me up because that's the story of our life over the last six years. Is all we have done in our life the last six years is take steps with people. That's all. Well, I love that. And I, I feel like the same in the same sentence, you can say, we talked about fear before. I think there's a deep, um, there's a fear of disappointment or not achieving mm. your own goal, you know, a failure, becoming a failure. So you start at something and you fail at it. You, you know, not, I deal with this all the time. I, I've, I'll have someone come in and they want to learn to sing. And we get talking. One of the first questions is, okay, so how long is it going to take me? Does it take you for what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that, that's such a, that's such a, that's a difficult question to answer. Yeah. And well, what if it doesn't work? What if I start doing this and it doesn't work? <laughs> And then we get talking about failure and what failure actually means. You're not even, you're, you're already here. You already haven't. You're doing it now. You're doing it now. You've already, it right you've now. achieved it. You're here. Yeah. We're about you've to achieved stay. it. That's beautiful. So, so what you're, what you're, what you're saying to me is you're basing your own failure around what some kind of outside force or source has told you, you need to achieve. Yep. So yep. something has told you, this is what this, this is success. And now you're trying to go up, but why don't you just go after what, what does that mean to you? So I, I yeah. get into those conversations in my coaching and I know, I know I coach music, but a lot of it is a lot of personal um, growth through teaching music because our personalities come out in it and whether it's learning guitar, learning to sing, it all comes out. So um, anyway, I, I believe, want, yeah, I, I personally believe the very best tools for life transformation is people doing practical things with in the context of other great relationship like in the work i do with men if a man is struggling with alcoholism i'm probably going to take him to play disc golf <laughs> uh, a young man is struggling with anxiety we're probably going to play pickleball i listen when you when you talk about I, I totally get what you're saying when you say that we're doing music, but it's really not just music. I totally get that because this person, for them to walk into your studio, they are wrestling against all the fears and insecurities of their life, maybe for a lifetime. And you're the person that's like guiding them through the madness of their fears and to face all of it and be like, because I'm, I'm looking at your studio in your, in your background and it chills me to think about it, that people will come into that studio and they have to, driving down the road to your studio, getting out of their car, walking to the building, all the fears and insecurities of their life 
are like running beside them saying, no, 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 you don't need to do this. This is, this is dumb. Why are you doing this? This isn't going anywhere. You can't do this. What do you, who do you think you are? And they have to, and they walk in that door and they have to open their mouth and sing, right? put their hands on the guitar and play. To me, to me, I'm, I, the best therapy is not just words, but it's words in the context of doing something. Mm. And so I, I don't have any doubt that in that studio that you, I'm looking at behind you is great therapy in people's lives. I have no doubt, no doubt at all. What would you what would you say to someone who is wrestling with the numbers? I want to I want to leave this job and try this thing I've always wanted to do but ugh, I need to make sure I make this much money. Like what what do you do? Like that I I really do believe. I mean, I'm just thinking of day-to-day conversations I have with people. And it's it's something that comes up a lot. It's and you know, I before you answer that, I think to myself, you know, you look at currency, we look at money value. It's not real. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's something that, you know, we created this, we created this and we're stopping ourselves from doing things in our life that we love around something that's not even real. And I'm not saying it doesn't hold value because people need money to survive. I understand that. I understand the importance of survival and to take care of your family, put food on the tables. But when it's completely changing your life path, you know, this could be our one life. You know, I get into a lot of spiritual talks, but it could be one of many. But whatever it is, this is you as Mark Delaney, me as Joe Borowski, whoever yeah. listening. This is your one life that you're in right now. And you're stopping yourself because you're fixated on the numbers. How does someone, how does someone change that mindset? I think that um, it's beautiful to have the guts to face the numbers and be honest about them. That's part of the growth process. Because any dream or purpose you want to chase, you have to grow with it. The mindsets have to change. Because I learned this about me. All those years I was in a cage, I didn't have the muscles or the mindsets for being the eagle outside of the cage. Because I was never flying. I was never hunting for my own food. So I had no idea how to. And so... I didn't have the muscles or the mindsets. So the journey of figuring out the money aspect is just a part of it. Um, if someone wants to sing and they they go take lessons and they they do the work and they get trained by somebody, that's part of the process. You don't call yourself a failure because you're getting music lessons. That's part of the process. I think facing the the financial aspect honestly and taking steps to carve into your life the time you need to produce something else is part of the process. It's not something we should look down at ourselves on. When I left teaching, teaching obviously is not a lucrative occupation. And for my wife and I, I we were almost 50 and we both walked away. And we didn't have jobs set up. We had a huge passion and we still do. But we didn't have like jobs and we didn't have a massive retirement account at all. 
the journey of figuring that stuff out helped prepare me and strengthen me for the journey that laid ahead. So instead of seeing the financial component as like this massive burden, well, I can't do what I want to do because of money. Well, no, start making decisions so that you can do it. So my wife and I, fortunately, we've always lived a simple life. We've never put our money into things. We don't care about boats or the size of a car, or how great a house. We just, we've always lived simple. And uh, I remember the years, a couple of years after leaving that job, I would do anything to make money to be able to build this mission, this thing with purpose we're building. I would paint someone's house. I would build a playset for somebody. I would do odd jobs. And for a while, I was kind of ashamed of it. I was like, how embarrassing is this? I'm like, I'm like, I can't tell someone I'm out here doing odd jobs. And then, but then boy, I needed to face the, that thinking until I finally realized, wait a second. When I'm painting a fence, I'm helping somebody. If I'm building a playset for a family, I'm helping somebody. And I needed to get over the the bad mindset financially I had. And so I need I needed the constraint and the struggle financially to help prepare me for the journey ahead. So I would say that if if finances is in the way of pursuing something, I would say that is a really the finances isn't holding you back. It's a mindset about finances and what you want to do that's holding a person back. Because many people can start doing their thing in the extra time of their life. And then you can get to where you can maybe do a part-time job while you expand that next venture in your life. Right. And so I just, I just think that the challenge of making it happen financially should be seen as a great training ground, not as this awful burden. Mm-hmm. I love that. When someone has a purpose, when someone's found that purpose, they found it. They know what they want to go after. But they're struggling with self-value. What do they charge? What are they worth? Do you see that a lot? Oh, when we started, it was hard for me to charge $30 uh, to someone for me to sit down with. We do a lot of a lot of help with marriage, let's say. <laughs> to charge like $30 to spend time with me, even though my wife and I have a lot of gifting with helping people with relationship. But charging even $30 to come spend time with us was like a massive leap. Once again, all of the self-doubt, which runs alongside of fear, all those are, are the training ground for the work we want to do. I I look at all the self-doubt stuff, kind of like when you go to a gym to work out and you see weights, if you want, you can say, I don't know if I can lift those weights and you can walk out of the gym. Right. Or you can be like, wait a second. You you lift whatever you can lift and you get stronger to lift the next thing and you get stronger to lift the next thing. 
So I would just say the self-doubt stuff and the fear stuff, will it will never stop being part of the journey. It To me, fear will always be a part of the next step in the process. And for many people, they let fear say, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. No, fear is usually, you should do this. See what's going to happen. Right. And so that's just, that's just part of the journey. This is why my, my simple formula for life is know your purpose and then have people in your life that will help you keep taking steps towards it. Yeah. Because I, I did it this morning. When it's time for my next step, I don't care how long I do this. Fear is always in the way. I've got people in my life. I tell them what I'm afraid of. And it helps me to step into it. And the next week, when me and the dudes meet at Denny's again on Monday morning, one of those guys is going to be like, hey, how's that book coming, Mark? Right. Because so I, I use I use friendship to face my fears. I love that. And you got to put the right people in your corner too, right? It's oh, yeah. Have the right oh, yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, that's something I've learned over the years is it's, you know, I always hear, you know, I don't know what the, what the term was, but you know, you are who you hang with type thing, right? I mean, depending on who you've got in your circle, uh, it can affect your, your drive, your purpose, um, your worth. I love how you use the, uh, the weights as the, um, the ideology of your worth, mean, meaning, you know, you start charging whatever you're charging and then uh, you get better at your skill set. And then you're worth yeah. more and your worth goes up and people know that. And that's the way, yeah. that's just reality. That's the way it works. Um, yeah, but- I'm going to say this caveat too, because we're talking about very serious things. We're talking about people pursuing their dreams and like a purpose bigger than them. The eagle in the cage is usually surrounded by other eagles in the cage. And we all think alike. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that any person should do anything in life that matters without other people close to them. And when you leave the, when you leave that cage, it's not the Eagles in the cage. that are going to help you with your next phase in life. You got to find people that are already living outside of that cage and get close to a number of them so that you, so that you help get inspiration and wisdom from them, get strength from them and, and vice versa. But I, I do not believe, I don't think anyone should, should honestly should attempt to live a bold life without the right kind of people very close to them. Right. And you're also referring to men, having a mentor. I, I absolutely think so. My son, who's a, a professor, he's very intelligent, but he's more so he's wise. And he said, dad, you know, most people stink at most things. Hmm. And when you get over the the offense of that, it's it's true. Yeah. Like, why should any of us try to do anything in our life on our own? We're all good at about two things, maybe three. And we all stink at about 200 things. Right. So having people in our life as a resource, I, um, it, it's the only, to me, it's the only way to live is to be closely connected to other people in real ways. I think it's the only way to live. I love that. Now your, your, um, 
I don't know if it's a program you run or a, I forget what the word you use. We call it experience. Experience. Is it, is that much like a mentorship type program to kind of find people's purpose or what, can you talk a little bit more about what, what is purposeful mind mastermind or. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the purpose mastermind and we call it an experience because it's not, you have to, you have to name everything. You, you can't just say we do a thing. You have to, you have to name it. But I, I look at it like um, life is a treasure hunt. There's a wilderness and many people in life, we start off as, as looking for the treasure in life. And at some point we just get lost in the woods. And life is surrounded by poison ivy and snake bites and running out of food and water. And, and we lose sight of the treasure. My wife and I, we see ourselves as like treasure hunting guides. And we've been in this wilderness and we meet at a campfire with people about where the treasure is. And we're, we're just, we're just guides in this journey. And uh, I, I just, I take very seriously the treasure of people's lives, the importance of our lives. Every one of us is wildly important. And so we're just guides in the journey. And uh, so, yeah, it's an eight-week, uh, usually eight weeks. Sometimes it gets stretched out a little bit. But basically, it's these eight conversations that we guide people through that help people overcome the confusing mindsets that keep us lost in the woods. And then we talk about the the powerful mindsets that keep us on a path in the wilderness. And then we end talking about what's your purpose. And um, yeah, that's 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 the basic process. I love it. Well, it sounds interesting. And, um, and, uh, I love your story. I love how you, you, you know, being a teacher, I mean, I never got into teaching in the education system or anything, but it's, um, it is a, it's a different journey. You know, when you're always, when you're coaching and teaching people, um, I think it's one of the most, um, it's one of those, it, it, it's, it's a job where sometimes you don't always get the feedback that you're making a difference. Yeah. But, but it's such a powerful occupation and it sounds like you went from, yes, you were teaching in the education system, but you, you're still teaching, like you said, yeah. you're still oh, teaching yeah. in just a completely different uh, um, situation, but it, it, it's similar. So, one of the questions, and I'm getting near the end of this. I I couldn't. I, can't, I knew that this was going to fly by. I knew this conversation was going to fly because I feel like I could talk to you for six hours. Um, I want to know this from you. I want you to sit with this. And I want you to think about what this means to you, right? And this can come from any anything within you. But if I were to ask you why we're here, what would your answer be? Why are we here? I'll say this. I love, love, love anytime I can be in a room or in a conversation like this with anyone who dares to ask that question. I'll be honest with you. I think that question sits in the bottom of our heart our entire life. And 
And I think that many of us try to distract ourselves from hearing that whisper. If I can run fast enough, chase anything fast enough, distract myself. And the older we get, the more we want to distract ourselves from hearing that whisper inside of us. A man told me he was at the hospital seeing his dad. His dad was on his deathbed. And his dad said to him, son, I finally figured out what life's about and why I'm here, but now it's time to say goodbye. That's the main reason that we do what we do is we're so convinced that people must know why they're here. And I'll tell you a conversation I had with a seven-year-old and a three-year-old the other day. They're family friends. And uh, I was hanging out with them. I having lunch with just, just the two of them and me. And uh, I'm always trying to get a purpose conversation anywhere I go. And I looked at them as they were eating their sandwiches. They were actually destroying their sandwiches, and but they were supposedly eating them. Right. And I picked up a paper plate and I said, what's this plate for? And little Richard said, for holding your food. I picked up the fork. What's this fork for? Little Richard said, for stabbing your food. Picked up a nap napkin. What's this napkin for? Little Reagan said, for wiping your face. I looked at Richard, the seven-year-old. I said, what are you for? It, it kills me on the inside when people don't know what they're for. Because then how do you know what to do? That is the ultimate eagle in the cage. The longer you look at life and you simply can't know what you're for, the frustration is unbelievable. To feel like your heart is trapped inside of your own existence. And your heart wants to fully live. So I asked Richard, what are you for? He said, I'm for God. A couple hours later, I reinforced the lesson. I went through the plate and the fork and the paper towel. And, and I asked him, what, do you, what are you here for? He said, for God. I said, what do you think God wants you to do? He said, love him. I said, anything else? love people. What will happen through Richard's life? He's a little eagle. What if all he does for his entire life, in his own words, if he just lives life with the perspective of with whatever I have, whatever I do, wherever I am, I'm going to love God and love people. What could happen through his life? Mm. I would say many, many, many good things. Yeah. He doesn't, I hope he never looks at life in a more complex way than that. I never tell people my purpose until they go through the mastermind. Mm. 
and because I don't want any kind of trail. I want people to self-discover their own. But I tell you, I'll say this. I want all people to have a simple, powerful answer to why they exist so they can spend their life living boldly every single day. Wow. Love that. And uh, it's funny, you know, I've asked that question to a lot of my, my guests mm. and that word love comes up a lot, a lot. And I think sometimes we actually forget how simple that can be. We forget how simple that is. Yeah. We overcomplicate things. It's not about the music. You're singing for people. The music, you're loving people through music. I'm loving, I love people through pictures and conversations. Maybe we're all doing the same thing. Right. Maybe every one of us are waking up every day to do the exact same thing, to use our time and our talents and our resources to help and love other people. Maybe that's all we're all doing. And it's wonderful. I love this. I love this conversation. It's been remarkable. I always, I always feel like I get to the end of the conversations with people and I go, this isn't the direction I saw it going, but I'm glad <laughs> because um, we're all learning from each other. Right. And I really appreciate yeah. you coming on today. And I, where can people find you? Like where, what's the easiest way to contact you or to get in company with, or get in touch with your company or what you do? Yeah. The website is markdelaney.com or the website purposemastermind.com. You mentioned you have a book or you're having books that you're writing. Did you, do you have a book? We, we have some curriculum, some guides. The Purpose Mastermind is like a guidebook that goes with the program. And we also have a Parenting on Purpose guidebook. Uh, I did just put out a book called One Step to Freedom, which is more of an actual book. Um, yes. And that's available? Yep, anywhere, yeah. One Step to Freedom. One Step to Freedom. Love it. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing your your wisdom and your your skill set that you you you're continuing to build. I'm sure, just like everyone is. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm just going to say thanks to everybody that is listening, and please share and subscribe, and uh, show everybody these conversations because the whole purpose of Soul Inspired is to share the wisdom with people so that they can grow and become better versions of themselves. That is my mission on the soul inspired and thanks again mark for being on the uh, the episode today thank you so